They always say that comedy equals tragedy plus time. That's the equation, apparently. And, I mean, obviously stand-ups are no strangers to tragedy. And in Canadian comedy, we've lost a few of our best and brightest over the last few years, of course, here in studio included for us. But I think what's the most important thing to remember is legacy. And tonight, we're going to talk about exactly that. I'm Dean Young, and we're about to go Inside the Joke. Welcome to Inside Jokes on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. You are listening to Inside Jokes right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. I'm Dean Young, and we have a returning friend of the show. It's been a while, actually. Dom uh, Perret. I've, I've been on this show once. You, Yeah, Sorry. that makes you a friend of the show. It's like a loose colleague. <laughs> you, I have, An like, acquaintance a, of the there's, show. There's a general, I'm, like, I'm friends with you, Yeah, but I'm not... I've I've met the show once. I You've barely met the know show it, once. You know that's true. Yeah, but anyone if anyone comes into this studio more than once, we just that's it. You're friend. Oh, <laughs> you're friend of the show. What level are we at? Six forty doesn't here. even know we're on here. That's what it is. <laughs> uh, and on the line from Windsor, we have Rob Kemeny. Hello, how's it going, Rob? Hey, how's it going, guys? Thanks for having me. Of course. So we have. So there's a new. Well, new yes and no. There's a new comedy club down in Windsor called Haddon's, and we're going to talk about that today. It is, of course, named after Josh Haddon, who founded the original Comedy Quarry down in Windsor. Uh, Dom Prey, great friend of Josh's, of course, in studio with us, and Rob down at Haddon's. So this club, uh, you just did your opening weekend with Dom here and with Kyle Lucy. Uh, so I wanted to get into a bit of, you know, this is sort of, so this is a rebirth of the Comedy Quarry, really, right? Yes, correct. What had happened is the place flooded, and obviously Josh passed away, and then it just, she flooded. We had no more club, and uh, some other things happened that I don't want to get into uh, on air, but uh, but yeah, then uh, the owner of the actual building of the uh, bar upstairs says, hey, you know, we got insurance money, we're going to redo it, and we're going to uh, reopen, so uh, yeah, you figure it out. You got two months. So yeah, at which point I was just like, well, I'm gonna name it after Josh because it's pretty much his legacy, and I'd like to try to continue that because he's a lot for Windsor comedy and you know comics all in general. So, well, that's the thing. He was obviously this figurehead in 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 Windsor for the comedy scene, and I mean, is that what prompted? I mean, Dom, you could certainly weigh on this. You would know. I mean, is that what originally prompted Josh when he started the quarry? Was there was just a lack of an environment like that down in Windsor? Uh, I mean, honestly, like, you know, Josh just saw an opportunity. So the guy who actually owns the bar that it's in, because the venue is the whole basement section of uh, a a bar called Rockhead, which is, you know, just a a lovely bar in Windsor. But uh, Josh lived down the street, literally. And uh, he was sort of a natural salesman, natural networker, and he was sort of just in between gigs. Like, he moved to Windsor to do some random, like, I think he was selling water or something. I'm not kidding. Like, he was a great salesman. But he was out (laughs) drinking, and, and, you know, the guy was just like... He brought up that he had this space downstairs, but Josh loved comedy. He'd done yeah. it uh, before, but they just casually had a conversation, and Josh just snapped in that moment. He was like, oh, this would be a great idea, and then that week he had a business plan. He was getting it together and picking up the phone and calling things, and they built a club, and I think within a month they booked their shows. They were off running um, pretty much right away. And uh, and that the club essentially just existed because of force of will uh, because of Josh yeah. initially. And then there were comics in Windsor, but they had no home. You know, they had sort of like the open mics, and they were more likely to gravitate to uh, Detroit, which is right across the border. That's right, yeah. 
but because well, you created we, this home, it was like uh, this magnet to like open micers and stuff like that. And this is where someone like Rob came from. Like he just s- slowly pulled in these people that, um, you know, eventually became, you know, well-established, funny comedians who had to start somewhere. Like that's kind of the gist, right, Rob? Uh, for the most part, there was actually a Leo's Comedy Corner right on Ottawa Street. And uh, w- what had happened is the guy who owned, like, the whole building got foreclosed on. So we go there to do a show uh, on a Friday, and uh, there's a note saying, hey, this property's been seized by the bank. And there's me trying to get upstairs with about, you know, 40 audience members behind me trying to get up to see the show. So then Leo, uh, he, he had to move. And Josh came up to him. He was just like, hey, we got a space right here. And Leo being Leo was just like, yeah, no thanks. We're not doing this. So Josh was just like, hey, uh, I'm just opening a club. And the first time we uh, we met him was we did a show at Leo's. And we were at the Rockhead Drake. And he came in. He was half in the bag. And he just started, like, yelling at us. Yeah. Like, oh, you want to be funny in Windsor? This is how you do this. And just, you know, just being Josh, right? Yeah. Yeah. And meanwhile, uh, you hadn't really met Josh yet. So you're just like, who's this drunk guy? (laughs) That's kind of how you meet Josh. Yeah. We're just like, who's this drunk guy? Whatever. You know, like we're, you know, we're doing Leo's. And then like two weeks later, he's like, yeah, I'm opening a club. You guys are the local comics. So you'll work for me. And we're just like, who are you? (laughs) And then uh, sure enough, the place opens. And like, I got opening weekend. And I was just like, oh my God, like there's a home here now. It's, It's, perfect well he had that push and we'll get back into that a little bit more after the break basically about how you know it's almost you did it in reverse it's like he started this club and then a scene formed around that after the fact so we'll come back with more on haddon's and talking about josh haddon with our friend dom Perret, yes friend of the show yeah and rob on the line from windsor right here on inside jokes global news radio 640 toronto hey this is robin duke and you are listening to inside jokes on global news radio 640 toronto (laughs) welcome back to inside jokes right here on global news radio 640 toronto tonight we're talking to dom paray and we've got rob kemney on the line from windsor from haddon's comedy club so this is a brand new comedy club down in windsor uh named of course after josh haddon who was sort of this force of nature it's an iconic pin. figure that we we referred to him when he passed as a, a hurricane and he yes, was yeah hurricane hadn't <laughs> hurricane hadn't and that like the way the club started is exactly as rob basically described like the guy just comes in it's it's a whirlwind of like what is even happening and then when you fall on the ground you're like well i guess i'm following this guy now yeah He's he's kind of a, an incredible force, and that's why you'd want to name it after him. He's like it was uh, probably one of the more important aspects of the club was his presence, you yeah. know. And like, yeah, they did. I mean, Rob, like, you got to tell him how much work you've done to this place. If anyone's been to the old club before, you're going to be blown away. This is like like top level, completely redone. Yeah, everything's like uh, the stage has been torn out. There's a bar there now. We moved the stage. Uh, it's a lot lower. Um, and it's just more of an intimate feeling. Um, and uh, whoever, you know, worked there before, there was always like a little bit of a smell to it. So that's completely gone. Yeah, the smell and, of uh, Windsor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 pretty much, pretty much. It's the smell of that building that's been there for about 100 years. So, yeah, it's everything's pretty much redone. New owners, new management, new pretty much everything. Just yeah. great comics are going to be coming in. And The only thing you're going to smell there everything. now is just new paint and a bit of, like, fancy new drywall and stuff. Yeah. But, like, if for any for perspective, if you haven't been to a club like this before, this, this is very much set up like a New York-style club where the uh, – the seats are, um, you know, fairly close to the stage. The stage is fairly flat. It's a very intimate environment. Yeah. The sound system is set up sort of almost like, um, you know, campfire situations. So there's not a bad seat in the house, really. 
and then they have you know a quiet little bar in the back that they they serve from but i mean it's it's night and day comparatively but like the soul if you will of josh is like it's so strange to see a room that's so brand new but you're like this feels like an old friend you know and it's, well, and it's it feels a really like important vibe what he had in mind right i mean Absolutely. this is something that he would have foreseen when he did and it's interesting that you say you know we we're calling him hurricane Haddon because it's you know he never got to meet sandra carusi from this show but yeah, Sandra Cruiser was always, and uh, Hurricane would have gotten along. Cruiser and Hurricane. And I called her that before, and we were talking about that when Sandra passed, and she got pissed off at me for calling her that. But they both had this thing where they would just, like, storm into a room, and they would tell you, okay, here's the plan. Here's what we're doing next. Yeah. And you kind of just had no choice but to go along with it. Yeah. And they would get done because of that, you know? They, they just both had that thing. And it's interesting, you were talking earlier about how Josh Haddon was just this natural salesman. He could convince you of things, and he had this fearlessness... In real life, off stage, of course, but yeah. he carried that over into all of these projects that he'd take on. Yeah, I mean, this is, uh, I mean, I think you had the 905 Comedy Festival people in here. And yep. that's, that's another one connected to Josh directly, which, uh, you know, funnily enough, I mean, I, I think they did the fundraiser for Sandra there at that, that uh, last uh, 905 festival. But that's a festival started by Josh. Yep. So there's all these, like, little connections that people don't. Uh, immediately see like there used to be um uh, and probably will be again but the border city border comedy city festival, festival was yeah. also josh and then he would randomly book uh strings of gigs in the states and or in canada they're like this guy created work and then quietly just handed it off and like there, there are people who are you know like this show if you will or like the 905 comedy festival like you're curating if you will sandra's memory in some capacity and this club and those festivals are very much like what's What's left of a person who, quite literally, in two years, created more industry in Canada? Yeah, so rapidly, and then sadly, we lost this man. But like, just maintaining what he left behind is a huge impact on our industry. Like, well, it actually adds to it. And I think Josh sort of he had that sort of pioneering spirit in a way where you know that's always been the the sort of he was also. On like <laughs> yeah yeah like, oh I, yeah and like, i want to get into some Josh i want to be stories. clear about that yeah. like rob back me up oh it was it was he I was a blunt instrument like almost like every hour could have been different right because you could love the guy you could be your best friend one hour and then yeah. after a couple of vodka red bulls you hate him like yeah because what because i was a couple of years in when i first started uh doing comedy there and he was on that game my very first middle set because he got the club the other just like oh you got to come back i was like i've been working this for three years you can't do that and Josh was just like yeah whatever you want so did that, and then like even still afterwards, he was just still such a. It's like that old story, right? Like, I think it's Tom Sawyer tricked people into painting a fence because yeah. he was like, "Oh, it's so fun." And he's he would do that all the time, and then he realized he did a bunch of work, and he's like, "Gotcha." Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he didn't pull any punches, like he didn't hold anything back, you know. Like I used to get these messages from Josh if I was doing. There was another club, and I won't name, but yeah, you yeah. know, in the GTA, and there was some shady dealings there where you know something about a bunch of comics getting ripped off and stuff and i did this opening weekend of this club and i'm getting all these messages from josh being like do the gig whatever everybody needs to eat but just so you know here's a thing yeah. that happened before no he didn't he never pulled punches and if you were ripping off comics uh you feared that man's presence because yeah. he would just walk across the room and say out loud what you did and, and you know comedy is oftentimes a very political game because we see each other for years and years after whatever yep. little scam has gone down but yeah, he would cut through that stuff like a laser, dude. It was it was kind of impressive yeah. to watch. People were terrified. Of he him. really he really would. He would call comics on their stuff, but in that same vein, the flip side of that was he was so defensive of comics and protective of comics. You yeah. know, and I mean, it took somebody with that sort of a spirit and that sort of determination to, you know, I think he saw that in Canada none of us are going to be rich and famous. There's a very select few that are going to quote unquote make it, whatever that even means. Well, we're on a comedy show about 
Like it's a radio show about comedy, and you're you're, you're saying no one's gonna make it. Yeah, <laughs> your job is based on us making it. Well, that's the thing. Like if that's... I don't make it, this job goes away. That's true. But close and... friend of the show, Dom Perret. <laughs> and that's why Sandra. This originally is what Josh would have done, show. by the way. It would have been like, really, really, you're gonna shit on the whole industry right in front of me. That's well, great. Just trying to start a club over here. That's great. That's why, though, because I think Josh saw an opportunity in that too. He was like, you know, the flip side of this is maybe there's a limited pool of money. Maybe there's an audience that you really have to strangle to get out yeah. to these things. But that also means that there's an opportunity here to create stuff that nobody else is doing. I think I think Rob had backed me up on this. What what Josh I believe uh, saw was there was an incredible lack of work ethic and a yeah. focus on politics. Uh, because, like, you know, there's 100 comedians and there's only 20 spots, then what you do to get those spots is you try to either be really funny, which means you have to work your butt off, or just align yourself with whether a political thing is popular at the time. So he would just go, well, how about I just create 10 more spots yeah. and just create those places for good comics to come through and grow. And that's an interesting point that I want to come back with, actually, because I feel like the yeah, We scales, should go to a commercial by now. We should go to a commercial. I mean, the I'm a long-term friend. I don't want to tell you... <laughs> what to do but I, i've been here once before it's commercial time i'm sure it is you know what we're going to hear from our from our other good friends at hakeem optical because you know what your eyes can have it all at with hakeem, hakeem optical. optical yeah we'll be right back with more inside jokes global news radio 640 toronto hey this is kyle brownrig and you are listening to inside jokes on global news radio 640 toronto welcome back to inside jokes right here on global news radio 640 toronto and we're in studio with dom Perret tonight and rob kemeny on the line from windsor at haddon's comedy club so we were talking before the break uh about josh haddon of course the comic club founder festival starter and just all around kind of force of nature that this club is named after uh and rob so we were talking about of course, one of the things that Josh is most fondly remembered for by other comics is is the way he treated other comics. It's it's funny that it's the way how honest he was with it, right? Because yeah. there's there's people that come in and just like, oh, I can do this, I can, and he's just no, you can't, and you're not going to, you know, this is what you're going to do, and they'd all like ninety percent of the time they fall in line. I remember he told me like Rob, like you're 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 terrible, you're you're <laughs> awful, like yeah. You're, like, your jokes are good, but you yourself, you're just terrible. Like, change that. And I was just like, what are you talking about, man? Like, but he, he was right, you know? And I changed that and got a lot better. But he, he was that force in the community where it's just like, he wasn't going to like, oh, like, you're terrible, you're never working. You're like, you're terrible, figure it out and come back type deal. So yeah. he was really supportive of comics, which is kind of weird being like a club owner as well, right? So it's, he walked both of those, he, he walked that line very, very well, I find. Well, and you know what? I think that's something that's a little bit lost in the shuffle right now is that, you know, comics, listen, it's stand-up isn't a game that everybody could play, you know? I mean, it's not everybody yeah. survives the swim, and I think that's maybe lacking a little bit right now is comics need that blunt honesty, you know? Because yeah. an audience is going to decide that for you. But we have, I think, right now, especially in Toronto, is the Toronto stand-up scene is a huge example of this. It's sort of like everybody gets to play mentality. Yeah, for sure. The thing with the, that Josh... Uh did and i think you can see it in the way that windsor worked and what rob just said is he he'd slam honesty in front of your face but encourage you to grow yeah which is the only way to really i mean you only grow through uh, and stand up through discomfort and pain like, absolutely you get heckled or get uh, just honestly the worst heckle ever is silence no response at all you'll learn that from that more than you'll ever learn from encouragement etc but you know he wouldn't he wouldn't say you're bad and then remove the stage from you. No. He'd say, you go, you know, you no, need to no, work no. on this, right? And now Rob, unfortunately, hey. is in that position where he's 
you know, you've been able to be a nice guy for what a good couple of years, and now he, now he's getting, <laughs> he's got a like he's booking I, comics, you know and he knows he has to deal with their attitude now, you know. Well, not not even you can even talk to some of the local guys. Like I'm not that guy. I'm not that guy that's just like, oh yeah, you know, come on, come on aboard. Because I do, uh, like, I run a couple other shows in the city, a couple open mics and a couple showcases and stuff. And if you want to be part of comedy in Windsor, you have to meet a certain criteria. Like, you have to be out there working on it. You have to be able to do stuff with it. Like, and it's, and I'm brutally honest with some of the young guys coming up because I know, like, I didn't, I got that from Josh. So yeah. I think the best thing I could do for them is just be like, hey, listen, like, you know, you have to get out more than once or twice, you know, a month. Like, if you want to do this, otherwise, we don't have time for you. You know, you want to do this as a hobby, you know, no problem, go nuts. You know, there's places you can do for that. But I'm not taking away stage time from somebody else who's actually going up, you know, every other day or every day or going to Detroit or taking trips to Toronto and stuff like that. And right now what we do have is the first, because I've been doing comedy for about seven and a half years in Windsor. Right now we have about a good 10 comics that are just starting to come up. They're starting to get, you know, good acts. They're traveling. They're doing a bunch of things. So it's yeah that type of mentality of just, you know, hey, listen, you're you're screwing up. This is uh, this is not good. This is not good. This is what you did right. Keep doing this or whatever. I think it's more benefit than just you know, hey, you know, good set and then never talking about it. So yeah, because you can't. I learned that from Josh. It's totally true. You can't grow from that. I mean, comics. You know, you need that good healthy bomb every once in a while because that teaches you something, and you need that scar tissue, right? Like you have to you have to fall yeah. flat on your yeah. face a number of times. Yeah, I think the integrity of like you know comedy, especially in Windsor, is more important than like. Mm-hmm some comics feelings i think you know I, you know a little bit not not to sound harsh but like some of the guys like they know they're just like man i'm glad you know this was told to me early on so i can fix it right so it's and you know we just it's it's a tough game and if our peers can't be honest with us then you know we're, we're never gonna do anything with it i, I feel at least well yeah. and i think that's probably i mean you're tailored to a specific crowd in that way too in windsor because you know this is a city where there aren't 10 comedy clubs on the same street so that's an audience that's going to be sitting there going okay well show me something there's also like a part of this the spirit because of what josh did here is uh you know i said this um you know as we were opening up the club but uh it is largely an unfiltered club yeah it's representative of not only josh's character but if you're going to respect windsor you're going to be like yeah it's a bit of a rougher spot these people are good people you know audio auto industry blue collar you're not being gratuitous, but you're also like, I'm not going to be like PG-13. You're all adults. Yeah. And they, they expect more from you, especially sometimes you got half the audiences from Detroit. And they're like, we're used to a certain level of grit to our comedy, but yeah. honest work, grit, you know? So like a lot of the, the political persuasion that maybe comes out of bigger cities like Toronto, where it's like, I've got this act that works for this, um, you know, social idea. It's not going to work in that club. So like, you know. Rob's got to be no. just as honest as uh, Josh was to him when he was coming up. I mean, yeah. But I feel like this is a perfect time to take another commercial break. <laughs> well, and this is something I want to touch on after the break, too, is just the idea and I, I, the kind of stage that Josh would want to cultivate where, you know, you are removing those filters and you aren't censoring the comics and you aren't telling people what they can and can't talk about yeah. and just letting the audience decide. Because, yeah, they're a little bit harder to please and they're a little bit harder to impress, but they also they want to see what they came there to see. Absolutely. They're not there to get a TED Talk thrown at them. Uh, so we'll come back with more about Haddon's Comedy Club right here on Inside Jokes, Global News Radio 640 Toronto.
Hey, this is Sandra Badalini, and you're listening to Inside Jokes on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome back to Inside Jokes right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto, brought to you, of course, by our good friends at Hakeem Optical. On the line with Rob from Windsor, and we've got Dom Perret in studio, and we're talking about Haddon's Comedy Club. Uh, before the break, we were talking a little bit about, well, what differentiates Windsor audiences from what you might find here in Toronto? Because I feel like... First off, Toronto, I mean, Dom, you'd probably agree with this. I mean, Toronto is fairly oversaturated as far as stand-up goes. Well, yeah. But it's a gradient, of course. You know, there's 10 million open mics, but there's also Comedy Bar and Bad Dog and clubs and yada, yada. Yeah, I mean, um, how can I say it? Uh, This is the place you have to come if you want to get bigger and badder and better in comedy. Yeah. It's sort of like this mega... Yeah, it's a mega city. It's a mega community, right? We have every flavor possible. Gradient's the right way to say it. If you ever want to uh, engender a laugh that's not just from one segment of that particular gradient, yeah. uh, then you have to leave this city because, you know, whatever persuasion's going on at the time, I think open mics for a while were like super huge on like it's a safe space and then it was really like uh, we're LGBTQ friendly and these still exist, but like it, there's wave after wave of different themes and you, you see it come and go. I've been around in Toronto for 10 years and it's like every two years it's the same cycle. The yeah. flavors keep going. Uh, but you take those shows, you put them in Windsor in a basement, and you're like, nope, that's not going <laughs> to work. Yeah. Because uh, we get it, but the joke's got to be funny. Like, we totally want to support you and your life. Tell us about your life. But if you've been doing spaces that uh, are by default supportive and the weights are yeah. maybe easier to lift because people are helping you, uh, then you're going to go to Windsor, and they're like, well, I want to see you lift those weights, but you have to lift those weights. You know? Yeah. And that's that's kind of uh, the vibe of that club. And like, But it's like, that's the same vibe of... Uh, you know, a lot of different cities that don't really represent what Toronto uh, is. Like a lot, a lot of comedians will leave Toronto and like they'll open up with a TTC joke, and you're like, "Well, I mean, no one gets that. Yeah. This is Thunder Bay. We haven't seen a subway ever. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and that's that's sort of the vibe, right? And you've never left that. And that's a perfect point because I mean, at some point, a comic has to figure out, well, what am I doing? Do I actually want to be a working comic, or do I want to stay in this one room in this one club? And talk to the same twenty people every week for the rest of my life. What are you? Where are you going with that? You know. Yeah, and go for it. Like I, that's that's why actually where comedy bar is amazing because it can yeah. create little little pocket niches and communities that can get really really uh, hyper specifically good at their particular version of comedy. Like I'll, yeah, it's a funny yeah. thing, but you can watch people who just do certain shows, uh, maybe very selectively, who you'll then see on a maybe like a Just for Laughs gala, and that works perfect for television and for that theater, right? But like those are two streams. Of a, of a tiny little cabaret space and a huge festival spot. Yeah. But in between, there's all this other work that you could do or not. It's up to you. Like, that's the luxury right now. But, like, you'll find that you'll become a better comedian for that gala you finally get to by learning the true face, if you will, of what Canada really is. Because, I mean, these people aren't bad, but small towns are half this country, right? Oh, totally. Yeah. And we ignore them a lot. And, like, ignoring something like Windsor, which is such a unique thing where it's like, it, it's it's got art it's got culture it's got a huge industry it's gone through its own welts and bruises and it, there's yeah. a character to that city that uh, is very much different than uh, like you know it'd be like hamilton mixed up with oshawa it's just yeah. this tossed salad of of blue collar and intelligence like no no one's it's is raw. dumb you know yeah there's it's, an edge it's to raw it raw down here yeah it's like because you said it best because when you're on stage like uh you're just like oh it's i forgot how windsor was it's just laugh ha 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 next you know, like you get two, two last per joke, the next, what else you got? What else you got? We want to see more. Yeah. So yeah. It's you got to really, keep proving yourself over and over again. Well, and I think for. Yeah, it, it's, 
it's a hard city to perform in. I performed in a bunch of other cities, and like Windsor's, I've heard from other people, like it's really hard. I even have some American friends that come over that they're just like, man, like every time I come in your city, I bomb. And it's just like, man, it's not the city, dude. You got to get out of your comfort zone and, you know, do more things other than, you know, Ann Arbor, Michigan or wherever you're from. Yeah. So. Well, and I mean, for you, Rob, I mean, you're running a club that is really, you know, Haddon's is kind of like the only game in town now. So your audience, they're going out to see stand-up. And for that, that's a night out for them. You know, here we could have people just randomly wander into comedy bar off the street because they're bored and they just want to blow 10 bucks on a pint and they'll kind of drift in and out of a show because there's, you know, a million options. Yeah. But for you, your audience is going there. That's their night. They want you to show them something. And I mean, so for you, when you're booking comics now, like what what sort of do you want to see from them as far as, you know, just sort of letting go of those inhibitions? Like, do you think comics should be unafraid to talk about anything now? Yeah, 100%. Keep it funny, though. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, as long as you're not up there doing a monologue on something, that's fine, but just keep it funny. That's what I'm interested in. I don't care about anything else. If you're funny, I want you at my club. I want the funniest people working there. It's because that benefits everybody. It benefits the audience. It benefits me. That benefits the comic as well. They can grow. Um, that's what I'm looking for. Yeah. Just, just have a point or funny. a punchline behind it, right? Yeah. Yeah, because. You know, you, you can have that, you know, that one full point, but if it's not funny, then like, sorry, man, like, I, there's no place for you here. You, you got to be funny. Yeah. And a lot of people, God, when you ask right? questions like, like that, really, like, can you talk about anything? It's like, you can, but like, here's the trick. Like I was watching a show the other day and there's a, a newer comic who is, uh, uh, her, her opening statement was how much she hated men. She's just like, I hate okay. men. I yeah. hate men. I hate men. And fine. Like we're listening. Yeah. Right. But she didn't write jokes to it. She just kept like saying she hated them and then would kind of walk like a bit into the premise but didn't have jokes written yet yeah so it's like you can say anything you can and like there's no person yelling at you like well as a man i'm offended they're like oh okay you hate me you're talking about me though i'm interested yeah what, where what are you, you saying where's this? the joke and yeah. when you don't bring it somewhere that's where it falters so you, you can go up there you can say i hate women you're probably going to get more resistance, but you better have a joke behind it. And I mean, like, there's a whole chunk of billboard material that's like, ah, oh, these ladies. But it's hilarious. Yeah. Because he's going somewhere yeah. with it, and there's a general point, a direction. But, you know, that's that's kind of it. Windsor will let you get away with a lot, but you better have a joke behind well, it. Well, and that's the thing. Like, there should be a reason why you wrote the thing you're about to talk about. There has to be some substance behind it. Nothing should be off limits for a comic if they know what they're doing, and there's a reason they're talking about what they're talking about. Absolutely. You know? and, and, you know, we should go to commercial. We're going to go to commercial. Thank you, Dom. We're going to go to more Hakeem Optical. We'll be right back with more Inside Jokes, Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Good friend of the show. Good friend of the show. <laughs> Hey, this is Kenny Robinson, and you're listening to Inside Jokes on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Welcome back to Inside Jokes right here on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. We are talking all things Haddon's Comedy Club and, of course, the legacy of comedian, booker, promoter. What else can we call him, Dom? Josh uh, Haddon, the know. iconic Josh Haddon. Serial uh, entrepreneur. Yeah, actually, yeah. I mean, That's true. Yeah, Almost councilman at one point. He, yeah, yeah. <laughs> remember that? He yeah, was, no, I remember that because we got into a very, uh, very elaborate drunk fight while he was running for council, and the yeah. only reason we weren't in jail is because they were like, "Aren't you running for council?" Well, the interesting <laughs> thing—I mean, there was lots of interesting things about Josh, but the great, one of the greatest things about Josh was, you know, you could get anybody sitting around in a bar, 
getting hammered and going throwing all these life ideas out going i'm gonna do this next and then tomorrow they forget about it the yeah. difference with josh was tomorrow he's starting to do that do thing it. that he but said he'd also make sure there was no way you were getting up because they'd be last call and he'd be like i'll have eight double vodka red bulls <laughs> yeah and they yeah. no, he'd get them and then you'd be like how are you gonna drink all those and he's like i no us and he just <laughs> shove them at you yeah like, he'd guilt you. And you're like, I just spent a bunch of money. These are double vodka. Why aren't you drinking these? Don't don't not drink them. Yeah. And you're like, now you are drunk, hurting the next day. And he's like, I, we said we were going hiking. Like, wow. <laughs> yeah, what? He was he was bad for that. Uh, Dom, do you remember the first time we met um, at the club? It was for the uh, Border City Comedy Fest. Oh, yeah. I and uh, after you won that weekend, we went to, it was me, you, Kate Davis, and Josh. And we ended up going to that, like, fireman's karaoke bar in some alley downtown Windsor. I you do remember, remember that, that. I do remember that. I, I I remember that because it was, like, time traveling where, like, I, I won a competition that he basically built. But then uh, uh, it's actually how we became friends is mo- moments like this. Yeah. We went to what what an old fire hall. Yeah. And it was just, like, yeah. Yeah, completely rammed out with, like, it's like a really fancy fire hall full of Legion t- style characters, you yeah. know. And then Kate Davis is there, and she's like somebody who connects with everybody, so she made friends with everyone. They're all belting out karaoke. Yeah, yeah, man. But I, though, like, I don't think we, I think we met that night. But I'd say like we became friends more over like doing shows and stuff like that. But like, I know we were probably really drunk that night. <laughs> yeah, you met like Josh was hammered, and there was a bunch of girls up there singing some sort of. Uh, some sort of one of those like uh, those like rock anthems or so, like the new age rock anthems or something like that. And during the chorus, Josh is just slamming his fists on the table, singing along with the song, but he's making up his own words to it. Yeah. He was just going on. Like, I went to prom with the plus size, and he was just yelling that to people. Um, that, that was another, that was like one of the times where I was just like, okay, this guy's different. There's something different about about this guy. Um, you know, just. Don't party with him too much. That's all. That's what I pretty much <laughs> yeah. told myself. Well, I, Josh is the kind of guy. If someone tried to mug him, he'd be like, "All right, I'll give you five bucks." Like he, <laughs> yeah. He like honestly, it's just he, he responded to life differently, and people just looked at him like, "No, but you're supposed to go." You know, you're zigging when you're supposed to zag. Kind yeah. Of thing. He would do that all the time and throw people way off. I really enjoyed it actually. Well, he had this sort of don't quit about him too, and this fearlessness, you know, kind of in everything he did. Yeah. As, like, ex- just sort as of... exemplified, like quite literally, as he was dying from cancer, he was starting up more festivals. He wrote yeah. a book called "The Funny Thing About Cancer." Like he he refused to just stop. He did a YouTube channel. They had a, tons of subscribers. All very motivational message, but very funny too. Very honest. And he's like, he spent two years, uh, you know, went through going through surgery, doing chemo, all that yeah. stuff, and. Still getting up, still going, like never. He wanted to leave something behind, and and to to his credit, he he did. He really did. Like he left, it's really. I mean, multiple, let's call them properties behind in Canadian comedy. Which I mean, yeah. You know, this is an industry in a country where a lot of people can have a forty-year-long career and not say the same. Yeah, absolutely. You know? they, they did just it kind real of... fast. And and the thing is, when you grow something like that real fast, you don't. He did, he didn't care for politics, and it's yeah. a very big statement to that is like. Well, but he created a whole industry by not caring about like, but what about my feelings? <laughs> well, and that's the interesting thing. And I wanted to, and I mean, Rob can weigh in on this too, certainly knowing Josh now running this club. I mean, even now in the last couple of years since since we lost Josh, things are quite a bit different. And I mean, obviously Toronto is a microcosm yeah. of this sort of, you know, we were talking earlier in the show about sort of that balance in comedy. Well, you can make it by being funny 
or by playing the politics and knowing the right people and aligning yourself with who's who at the moment. Yeah. I mean, like you can see what happened in comedy by the loss of some people, Josh being one of them. Yeah. Uh, another one being uh, a highly respected Joanna Downey. Yeah. Um, but like there are certain characters within comedy that unfortunately we've lost and their presence is felt by the way that comedy has sort of continued to grow without their presence. Yes. Because uh, Josh would be quite willing to tell you you had weaknesses and grow and Joanna Downey would be the same thing like to your face. But we lost those forces and they've, they're slowly growing back up. Like it's, you know, Rob is eventually going to be in that position where he's got to be like, look, I like you, but your act needs work, you know. And that's not, you know, a lot of people right now kind of sort of uh, hide behind whatever emotional or political persuasion to avoid that conversation. Yeah. But all you're doing is just sort of, it's, you're just delaying its inevitability. You're better to have it when you're in a club or at an open mic than you are at like, here's your Just for Laughs gala. And you walk out and you do your big joke and everyone's just like, mm, and they stare at you. And they'll, and then you they'll sweeten it with a laugh track. It'll still be on TV, but you will know that yeah. you screwed up and you will feel it in a way that I think is hard to climb back to comedy afterward. Yeah, because everything and also everything seems to like hinge more right now on, you know, there's a campaign behind everything or there's a trend behind anything. And I mean, Joanna Downey's a great example to bring up. I mean, and we were talking about this before, Dom, mm-hmm. like, you know, there was a time when if you would get that message from Joanna inviting you out to go and do spirits here in Toronto. That was a big moment that was like that meant something, you know, that was like our little version of like getting called over to the couch, you know. Yeah, that was like a big credit in the industry. And you know what else is a good credit is uh, the people who sponsor this show. I think we should do a commercial. <laughs> Hakeem Optical. I think, well, the, I'm just going to pretend that this week's episode is brought to you by Haddon's Comedy Club in Windsor. Uh, and Rob, when we, when we come back, I want to talk a little bit more about that, though, about how, you know, how much of Josh's spirit and the way he looked at comedy and the way he looked at, you know, combating with an audience, if you will, uh, is sort of part of part of Haddon's Comedy Club now. We'll come back with more inside jokes right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Hey, this is Colin Mockery from Whose Line Is It Anyway? And you are listening to Inside Jokes Pants Optional. Welcome back to Inside Jokes right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Brought to you, of course, by our good friends at Hakeem Optical. We've got Dom Perret in studio with us tonight. Old sage friend. Old sage friend of the show. Really helping us get to those commercial breaks today. Long Much time contributor. Long time contributor. Uh, and we have Rob Kennedy on the line from Windsor. The brand spanking new Haddon's Comedy Club, but of course it's the rebirth of the Comedy Quarry, which was founded by Josh Haddon. Uh, and Rob, before the break, we were talking about some of, you know, the spirit of Josh and the legacy of Josh that goes into this club. Uh, for you, how much is this club just about keeping up what Josh started? Uh, it's pretty much everything. It's basically his model, just kind of revamped and i'm basically trying not to screw this up for the most part uh but no it's uh it's because what he offered is what i'm trying to trying to continue right like he offered a space for us to do comedy which you know an opportunity for a bunch of comics that came down there uh, a bunch of comics in the scene and that's kind of what i want to do as well where it's just like hey you know like if you're you know, like you're right on the cusp of headlining, come headline my club or something like that. Or you're, yeah. you know, national touring headliner, you know, come headline my club. I want to be able to give opportunities to pretty much anybody that's in this game that's willing to work hard. And that's exactly what Josh wanted. Yeah. He so. gave a lot of place for people to grow. Because some people, honestly, who weren't headliners at the time, they're headliners now based on like him being incredibly gracious. Yeah. 
uh, with that stage time. Yeah. And he's like, maybe you don't have the 45 to 50 minutes that you want for headline, but he's like, you got about 30. I'll put on another guy who's a real strong opener, but he's going to try for his middle spot. And he'd, he'd kind of bump you up, basically. And then you'd feel your first headline and be like, oh, I'm not really ready, or this is what I have to do to get ready. Yeah, He's much more about... He, he was a huge fan of growth and work, getting it done, and he, he despised excuses. And you knew it because if he talked to you and you were like, well, you know, this joke didn't go well. And he'd, he'd do this thing where he'd, he'd look you in the eyes and be like, oh, yeah, I totally get it. And then he'd say to the side as if someone was there, he's like, you know, because you don't want to do the workout. Okay. And, and then he'd come yeah. right back and he'd be like, no, I totally, I hear the, the excuse you're giving. He's like, wow, oh, my God, are you full of excuses? Okay. And he just, <laughs> but he'd let you hear it like as if there were yeah. two people there. It's like a mom and dad kind of thing going on, right? You, you'd feel like, okay, I'm getting called on my shit. Right. That's totally true. And I mean, I love what you brought up about how, you know, Josh's whole thing was sort of giving people that first shot that maybe they had. Border City Comedy Festival was a huge example of that. You had an entire summer where comics would go down to the club and they'd be emceeing or middling or even headlining. And yeah. for a lot of these guys that had maybe seven to ten minutes, that was their first time doing that. That was a very impressive format because the first year it was just, okay, here we go. We're going to we're gonna do this competition as sort of a just a free-for-all who could do your best six to seven minutes kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, and then the finals, I think it was like 10 to 12 minutes. Mm-hmm. But uh, even if you didn't win that competition or came in second or third, you were like bar none, like you were going to be uh, headlining the next summer. Like that was the whole thing. So it was like, okay, you didn't win, but you know now in about 10, 11 months, you're going to come in here and you're going to actually headline the club. So there's this like, big carrot that's put in front of you, regardless yeah. if you didn't get like, the cash in hand. You knew you were going to get paid to headline later and you knew you had this weekend and it was set in stone, like it was going to happen. So that that was a motivational thing that you see take a, like a big effect on a lot of um, people who are now headliners and really hilarious now. Uh, they were sort of like just coming up at the time. And now yeah. you're like, but that's that's what you need. You need somewhere to go and do that, right? And you know when you have that gig laying ahead of you, it's like, well, now I have to work on this because now I have to go and prove it because, yeah. you know, you're not walking down the street to the bar that's next door to your apartment building here in Toronto yeah. in a comfort zone. You are making that trek down to Windsor and you're doing your first headlining shot at a club and Josh is there in the back of the room watching and that audience isn't just going to let you have a free ride. Yeah. You got to go there and you got to show them something. Yeah, that's true. You know, it's good to be afraid of an audience sometimes. Too. It, it's a healthy thing, and I mean, for for you, Rob. I mean, we were talking about this a little bit earlier, but for you, let's say you you know you have a comic coming down from Toronto or some other place that's maybe going to come and do a middle spot, and they got twelve minutes, and they've never really done a club like this. What can they expect from uh, from an audience at Haddon's? What is Windsor audience like for these people? Um, it's it'll probably be a little little bit of a. A little bit of a culture shock uh, right off the bat, right? Because you're used to doing stuff in, in Toronto, uh, where the audience they, they seem a little more uh, a little more giving from at least my personal experience. And when you come to Windsor, it's a little different. Like you have to prove yourself pretty hard. So usually, what I've seen, even in the past, when Josh kind of ran it, is like that Friday show is always a little rough because they're trying to get like the feel for like what is going on here. Yeah. But most of them, like anybody who actually works at this stuff and then works on the rack by the Saturday show, like they're, they're good to go. Like they're rip roar and they kind of figure it out a little bit. Got, uh, got their footing for it. So mm-hmm. it's, uh, yeah, like I said, and it's there's not there's a thing about Windsor crowds though, is that they will heckle. Yeah. But they don't mean it mean. Like the they you'll, you're likely to get positive heckles. Like, oh, nice one, bud. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know? And you can play with that. So, yeah, definitely and, the Friday show is like figure it out because the people will talk to you as if it's a 
just like sitting around a campfire. And I mean, that's that's the breeding ground for what stand up is supposed to be. You know, is a stage like that and a crowd like that. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to go out there and get out of your comfort zone, improve yourself. Uh, so, Rob, I want to ask you, what uh, who do we have coming up at Haddon's Comedy Club coming up in the new year? Uh, the new year, well, we got a couple guys. We got a couple Michigan guys, uh, a guy named Mike Bobbitt and a guy named Zach Martino. They're doing some time in January, uh, as well as we got Mike Harrison uh, coming from New York now, originally a Toronto guy. And uh, later on in the year, we got uh, Tyler Morrison coming up as well. He's doing something with his uh, uh, podcast, uh, Fight Stories. I don't yeah. know if you guys have heard that. And yeah, these are like, coming down late. These are like big Michigan yeah, comics, but like both Mike and, and Tyler have been blowing up this year. They, they Definitely really have. good shows to yeah. see. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Tyler's, and I mean, of course, Mike Harrison was another good friend of Josh's and another familiar comic to the Windsor crowds. And yeah, Tyler Morrison, I mean, that's a guy who well, I mean, is going to eat him up. Of course, you bring a podcast called Fight Stories to Windsor. There's going to be <laughs> yeah. there's going to be stories. That's exactly. Perfect. But I was wondering if we could wrap this up. <laughs> yeah, Rob. So Rob, what, what's how can people look up Haddon's Comedy Club and go see some shows? Uh, you can check us out. We're all over Facebook. We're all over Instagram, Twitter. Uh, just Haddon's Comedy. Just Google us there. H a d d o n. 1444 Ottawa Street, downtown yeah. Windsor. And of course, friend of the show, Dom Prey, where we, where can we find your stuff? Uh, I'm just, I'm, I'm touring around, you yeah. know, you can always Google my name. It's D-O-M-P-A-R-E. There's yeah. an Exante goo on the E. You should know this. You're clearly a very close friend. I'm here all the time. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm doing right now, I'm doing road gigs that are sort of Christmas oriented, New yeah. Year's oriented, et cetera. So you can't come see me right now. But then uh, I think I'm in uh, New Year's Eve. I think I'm uh, London, Ontario. Yuck, yuck. So that'll be a good one. Perfect. And now for this week's comedy listings. Don't forget to check out comedyrecords.com for the latest album releases from Canada's top stand-ups and sketch comics. And hit up comedybar.ca to see the latest shows happening here in Toronto and the famous Rivoli live comedy downtown Toronto every Monday night. And of course, you can follow Follow us on Instagram at InsideJokes640 and on Twitter and Facebook at InsideJokes. Hi, this is Alicia Carusi, and you're listening to my aunt, Sandra Carusi's Comedy Rx. This week featuring Dom Parade. Okay, I want to ask you a question, because um, I mean it honestly, like ask yourself if you want, why, why do we still have clowns? Like, I mean it, why do they still exist? Nobody likes clowns. Like, kids are terrified of them. Clowns just make everything worse. Like, here, I'll put it this way. You came here to have a good time tonight. If a clown walked in right now, like, hey, hey, oh, you'd be like, oh, for sake. You would ruin your night immediately. Every time you see a clown, you act like it's a roach. You're like, I see one. There's probably ten around me right now. And there aren't even any good clowns. Like, there's no clown that are like, awesome, that's a great clown. You know? Like, Stephen King's It was a clown that would crawl out of sewers and try to kill kids. That's a bad clown. <laughs> Ronald McDonald's killing more kids with childhood obesity. Bad <laughs> John Wayne Gacy was a serial killer. Part-time job, a clown. Look, I just look at it this way. I just think there's no point in your life that could be so bad for you that it couldn't be made immediately worse with the presence of a clown. Like someone could look you in the eyes and go, that is it, I'm done, I want a divorce. And then right behind them, like, hey! Come on! Who brings a clown to a divorce? That annoys me. 
Go check out some shows. Go support Haddon's. The legacy of Josh Haddon continues on, not just in Windsor, but in Canadian comedy as a whole. Uh, thank you for tuning in. Keep it tuned right here to Global News Radio 640 Toronto for the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellotta. Mm-hmm.